What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And as always, I am Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. Hey, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How have you been? Uh, I've been okay. I've kind of, kind of a lazier weekend. Just had some stuff to get done. Little little stuff for upcoming projects we got going on. Nothing too crazy. How about you? Uh, much of the same semester's about to start, and I'm nervous. I don't know why. You're you're a little you're a little grown boy. This is what you're technically your junior year. Yeah. And you did something weird. You signed up for a bunch of hours. I feel like right. Am I? Did we talk about this? Yeah, I did. It was because all of them aren't, like, full semester classes, so, like, it'd be weird to have, like, giant holes in my schedule, so. Would it, though? I mean, no, it'd be nice, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you took, like, a bunch of, like, the mini-mess, like, the six-week courses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you taking classes in at this point? Because now you get to start to kind of pick and choose. This is the fun time. Oh, no, it's not the fun time. This is the, this is the, now you have to take real classes that real classes quote unquote i don't know everything's a real class what do you mean More specialized you... stuff yeah this is the stuff though that focuses in on like on what you want to do though right i mean yeah so shouldn't this be more like this should be the interesting stuff i mean no it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be more focused and more interesting for sure than like run i'm really excited for you know geometry ooh Ugh, why are you taking college geometry? I'm not. I'm saying it's more exciting than Oh, okay. I was about, oh, man, I was about to say, like, you've done it wrong. Yeah, I'm going, I've decided to become a math major. I've decided to sacrifice myself to the unit circle. Right. That's a... That's Truly a, ascend to a higher math being. Ugh, that was a thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> the geometry in high school, and uh, to quote uh, the people of the Jewish faith, never again. Hmm. Never again. Uh, yeah, I. That's not happening. That nope. Got into like the weird like sine, cosine, tangent stuff. You know oh, how man. I know it wasn't math because it was a word problem. That was how I knew it wasn't math. You can have math problems in word form. You can, it's... but they usually have numbers in them. <laughs> that's a, that is a fair point. <laughs> when the question is, what is the this of this? And none of those are numbers. You're, yeah. You're what, a, what are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> sine, sine theta over cosine theta. And you're like, what's that? And then you're going to basically be like, I don't know. Right. Three, Man, was, one <laughs> half. And then I'm like, you're right. It is one half. And I was like, I was guessing. <laughs> does, does the theta cancel out? Yeah. <laughs> Is well, this supposed to be—is but... this like X? Where do I put X? <laughs> like people talk about algebra, like it's like it's the unit circle. The unit circle is really what people should having nightmares about. But you know what? I, my geometry teacher said it really kind of interesting. I still remember this all this time because, so like I listen, I was not a good student by any measure, but I didn't struggle at all at school. There are only two times I ever struggled ever uh, in biology. In the, uh, my biology teacher had us do a whole unit on like the wildflowers, like the plants and all that, because we live in spring. There's all these like good little like wetlands and areas around us. He was like, nearly all of the different plants that are on the flora spectrum all exist within like 10 miles of here. So you can find most of them. And so, like, he would, he gave each of us two plants to go find. That took me the whole six weeks. And I actually, I paid somebody to find mine too for me because I couldn't, I didn't even know what I was like. They're all plants. Like they all look the same. Like, okay, this one's green and that one's green and that one hasn't been watered. So it's brown. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm looking at. And then the other thing I struggled with was geometry. The, ge- the geometry teacher at the very beginning said there are two types of people when it comes to math. There are math people and there are geometry people. It became very evident very quickly. I was a math person. Oh yeah, I can, I can do math sideways. I can't do geometry to save my life. No, and like I would get stuff wrong that probably was easy, and I still was getting it. Just I'm like, 
I, I can't tell you. I, I, it's the taking trig was the first time I ever like filled up a notebook with notes and came away from it feeling like I knew even less <laughs> than when you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like in geometry, you know how, like, they'll, they'll, uh, when two lines are parallel and a line intersects them, the angles are the same or whatever, whatever, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should like be opposite, able to, the opposite angle will be the same as the one on the inside or whatever. Yeah. So, like, well, they would do these big, she would do this big sheet with like a bunch of lines intersecting and they would all have the markings of what they were and all that. And then they would give you like two angles on the whole sheet. And then they were like, okay, now, now go ahead and fill out all the angles. Ugh. Ugh. And like, I, like, I remember finishing the sheet because it was like one of the tests or one of the quizzes. I remember doing it incredibly confidently and turning it in and the next day getting it back with like a 12 or something. And like, <laughs> Like, I remember thinking, like, I know absolutely nothing about this. Like, you're like, I absolutely crushed this. You get your test back with a nine, and you're like, oh, the exact opposite was true. I was crushed by this. Right. Like, I a lot of times knew exactly how well I did on something. Like, I I could turn something in, and and usually I'd be like, yeah, I knew that because I, you, you know me, I know what I know. Like, like it's, I either have it in my head or I don't. And so, yeah, there, there. I mean, there had been tests before that I have turned in in classes where I was like, I didn't, I knew everything on this test, and I would get like a ninety six or something. So like, you know, I, 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 there were hundreds of times I felt confident and, and never had like a regret about it. Turned in that geometry test or quiz, whatever it was. I remember getting it back and just thinking like, as soon as I'm done with this class, I'm never, I'm never doing this again. Never, I'm never looking at a shape ever again. And I literally spent the next, the rest of the year. The whole year, just dying in this class, like just struggling to get through it. Never struggled, like like I said, like really ever. And so I remember like uh, asking people for help, like even doing like some like after school tutoring and stuff. Like I, I've never had to do any of that in my life. And like for that geometry class, I remember just being like, I don't understand what what she she would put something up on the board, and she might have to explain it two or three times, but by then. 80% of the class has it, and I'm still asking the same base. She's, like, repeating stuff at me, and, like, it's not it, – it, it, it's – the words still didn't make sense. Oh, yeah. No, I've definitely been there. Like, it came to a point, like, because, you know, his online classes because of the old Rona. Like, it was, like – I've come to I'm, – I'm walking into this thing, and it's, like, it, I'm like I. She's, she's just saying words at me at this point. Like none of this is none of this makes any sense to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. She could have been thought like I actually midway through the first semester moved myself to the front of the classroom. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I can't figure this out for the life of me. And and <laughs> the first day I'm up there, like I kicked an Asian kid out of his seat. Like I was like, Nah, you gotta go, bro. Like. <laughs> she's like oh okay and so then she's like she's realizing that I'm not getting it uh, obviously from my grades and also like all of a sudden I'm asking a bunch of questions and it still doesn't make a word of sense like Ugh, it's brutal it was like it wasn't math I don't know who I don't know on what planet it's supposed to be math I don't understand what ties it into mathematical concepts I don't know why it's considered if anything it's more logical arguing because then she would have like proofs right like you had to write stuff down and I was oh, like, I don't, I, I don't Why understand are we doing proofs. I, I don't, I didn't get that either. She's like, really, if like, if you're any sort of legal mind or you think you might want to be a lawyer, proofs is really the core of that. And I was like, okay, well, I argue like this should be no problem. But I didn't understand what we were even doing. I was like, what? No, I just. When I, I had, there, there was a section I did in geometry where, or like one of my classes about geometry and it was like proofs using like, like because of a b had to happen and because b happened c happens and because c happened d is like the correct answer and i was like oh my god this is the most convoluted way yeah. to say this is four i've ever seen in my entire life right essentially it was like proving the concepts that we've always used in algebra but like I mean, they're always, they've always like true. you like, like explaining the rules of with? math. Yeah, like to what people who already know them is the dumbest thing I think I've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life. Like, I, I remember, yeah, I remember sitting in the class and having to write a proof and think to myself, like, 
who's going to argue with the guy when he says all this? Like, <laughs> because of A and then B and then C, obviously D. Like, okay, fine, moving on. Like, who's the guy who's going to stand up and go, sir, I object? Clearly your hypothesis that A is in fact equal to B, even though we just talked about how they're equal. I'm still going to fight you on <laughs> Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then you get the guy who's like, two plus two doesn't always equal four. And it's like, all right, we're not having I'm done with this. We're done with this. This conversation is no longer happening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to know what you're trying to say. Um, that's like, um, the, uh, in college, the only class I took where I basically blacked out for the semester and I can never, I don't, I don't know how to do any of it ever again, ever is calculus. I could, you woke up one day in calculus and then you, you, you woke up another day and you were out of calculus. I basically was like, I did all of the units in the last week. Ooh, um, I've done that. It's uh, totally sucks, but it's I, the worst. It's I, the absolute worst. I did it because I hadn't taken a math in like a year, and I knew I wasn't going to stay focused all semester on it. And nothing had due dates until the end of the semester, and so with like two weeks left to go for the entire semester, I sat down and said, "All right, let's just let's just do this all in one go, and let's just finish it." So I, I, I paid some one of the other delivery drivers to borrow a, a graphing calculator from him and sat down and did my calculus in, in a week. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. Like I had a final like three days later. And then after that, I, I, I hard info dumped that. Like I honestly, yeah, I did. I did the same thing. My college algebra, and this is still, this is still my highest. This is I'm sad, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> still my highest grade and i physically don't know how because my highest like test score was like a 67 <laughs> doing uh, good in algebra yeah. what were you doing i just I, I i hadn't taken algebra in so long that when i took it like it was my first semester in college all right okay and i was like why is this like, why is this destroying me so hard? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Like, I couldn't understand the professor all the time. And I feel like I was like, man, am I dumb? Like, what's happening? So I obviously, he, he, I, the homework wasn't due to the end. It was all online. And I was like, I haven't done any of it. And it's like probably like the last week of the class. And I was like, well, someone's going to do all this homework. Because I was math, I was trying to math it out in my head. Because the last, the last test score came in, and it was like a, like a fifty or something. And I was like, <laughs> with my, with my test grade, I'm starting to do like the, the, the massive brain calculations on my syllabus. Like, all right, if I get a one hundred on every single homework, we got at least a seventy five. <laughs> so with all the extra stuff, I should be okay and have at least a B. Uh, like walked all the homework in like four in like three or four days. By the end of it, I couldn't do basic math. I slept on it for a day and then had my final the next day, and I don't even remember it. I got a ninety-seven in the class. I don't even know how that percentage works out. Boom! I definitely in ours. They had the. This is when they had just moved over to like all your textbooks were online, but still fifty five dollars or whatever. I never understood uh, that. And so all just the scamming home- dudes, they really are. All the homework was still on the websites, um, and they would just insert bonus questions, but you couldn't skip them. Oh yeah, the other one did that too. It was really so. Dumb. So I finished. I finished a semester with the perfect score and bonus coming in to take the final i and so the woman's going around giving us all of our grades and she's she looks at my grade and she goes are you gonna take the final and that was the first time i didn't even dawn on me that i I didn't even need to take it like i was like what am i gonna have if i don't she's like at 88 and i was like okay then probably not then no yeah and i was like so you're saying if you give me a zero on the final i can have an 88 she's like yeah if you want i'll just type an 88 in right now on your grade and you're done and I was like, okay, because there was like a week left. They were just gonna be reviewing the final. Yeah, and you're like, I'm just gonna walk out then. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so I'm done. And she's like, yeah, if you want to be, I said, I do. I will take the B to just have the next two weeks off. Adios. 
but I was taking night classes then. So, like, I really liked night classes in a lot of ways, but... Um, they were like, cool. They're they definitely are, a, like, a much different environment than, like, it midday is. classes. It's 14 students to a teacher a lot of times. Uh, more importantly than that, though, it's a, it's a lot of, like... Working people. Working people. So everyone's in there to just get through it. Like, there's nobody there who's, who's you know, watching watching their phone or whatever the whole time. Like, everyone's in there to just get through the class and take the class. They... They they gotta have this so that their life doesn't suck anymore, and so it's just a different level of like energy and focus and taking it seriously and all that that I I really dug. But yeah, I went home. I, I just said okay, everybody, see you guys later. Uh, that's also the class though where I learned I'm not a very good tutor or teacher of things. No, I, uh, <laughs> there was a guy who asked me to help him because like when the first test came back. Uh, I had I got I got everything and the bonus on the back, and it was like I had like a one ten or one oh eight or something, and the dude next to me, he got like a sixty five, and so he's like, so you like really get this? And I was like, yeah, it's it's just it's just math. Yeah, I get it. And he's like, all right, so like after class, can I buy you Denny's and you just kind of like re go over what she teaches me, and then like just kind of explain it? And I was like, yeah. So we did that for like a week. And at the end of the week, he goes, "Hey, we don't need to do this anymore." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm going to drop the class. I uh, I don't understand math." <laughs> you could you couldn't save him. <laughs> and he was close too. I mean, 65 is not too bad. And I just I just I'm not a very I I. There would be a lot of times where he would be like, "Well, how did you know that?" And I was like, "What do you mean? It it says it." <laughs> and he's like, "No, that's not what it says." And I'm like, "Oh." Well, that's what it means when it says it. <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah, see, that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't help another soul. And I understand that now that I'm older. But at the time, I was like 20, and I was like, this guy just, pff, I don't know what his problem is. Yeah, this guy, this guy's clearly not getting it. He's like, yeah, it's the whole point. I was trying to help you, make, make you, make me yeah. get it. But that clearly didn't work out. Yeah. No getting through to you when I don't understand what your problem is. <laughs> Um, man, there's a. It's been like a really weird weekend pop culturally. There's been a lot going on. I guess we could, you know, do a radio show. Um, <laughs> this is just do thirty minutes about just us taking college classes. It is, but I mean, it's the start of the semester, so that's relevant. And uh, good luck to everybody who is going back to school this semester. A lot of people have been going back to school because of the pandemic. So I mean, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I guess it's relevant. Um. People are bettering themselves. I know a lot of people who got like their real estate license or things like that during the pandemic. Um, which, hey, that's not a bad business to be in. I read somewhere that one in eight rental homes is currently owned by corporations now, though. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Speaking of shady things. Ooh, what do you got? All right. So uh, I prefaced this earlier. We were talking before the show started. Uh, about uh, the crazy new record-breaking, most expensive video game sale ever. So there, uh, you're talking about in private auctions. There have been people have bought rare games, uh, not like ET on Atari Rare, but like uh, just things that are now unique. Things on like NES sealed games. You're talking about stuff like that. Well, that was this is this is where it gets interesting. So recently, the most the most expensive video game deal in all of in all of the world just occurred. Uh, it was a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers for the NES. Uh, it sold for two million dollars. <laughs> oh, that's a number. That's a big number. Uh, and this is a this is a graded video game, so it's got like it's through this company called Wada. W-A-T-A, and it was through this auction house that I can't remember the name of something like that. Oh, God. Oh, this is, like, really important to the story, too. Anyways, so the reason I say it being related to something shady is, uh, this doesn't make any sense. What does it? Uh, so, you know, sealed NES game from the 1980s like you're like oh duh obviously things are going to be expensive because they're very old it's sealed 
Yeah, unopened 1980s video games probably aren't massive in the marketplace. Right. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's Super Mario Bros. It's 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 literally like it's the game. It's the thing that it's Nintendo. It pulled the it pulled us out of. Uh, it pulled us out of like the video game crash of whatever it was. 1970, whatever. Okay. And so uh, the reason this is an interesting story is because there's a very good uh, chance that this was not only shill bidding, but a direct attempt to create a panic in the video game market. So you're saying it's, there weren't real entities bidding on this item? Right. So who wound up buying it? Uh, an anonymous buyer. Okay, not generally not a good idea. Right, and so not only did an anonymous buyer buy this uh, thing, you, you start looking into the, the, the auction house and the grading company uh, everything starts to get real sketchy. Uh-oh. Uh, the auction house, the founder of the auction house, is an advisor to the to the grading company. Well, unfortunately... They only sell graded video games from this company. Oh. And the sketchiest part is that the grading company doesn't issue population reports. Yeah, that's a little that's a little shady. And one thing that people had no like idea. So so get this. This is this is the the big crack in like the foundation of like, oh, it's so rare, it's so hard to find. Do this thing. Sealed a sealed copy of Spider Man for the Atari twenty six hundred. So even older way of a popular franchise. Of the same grade, sold for $9,000. You're thinking, oh, that's pretty good, though. That's still almost $10,000 for this old video game. It's not $2 million, though. It's not $2 million, but, you know, it's, you know, Super Mario Bros. versus the Spider-Man 1970s Atari game. It's not like a, like, those aren't comparable, like, pop culture-wise, right? Right, right. It's not so a you, you can make the argument, yeah, but one's way more culturally relevant. Oh, this is really strange. After this one sold, there was another one. And another one. And another one. The last one of the 1970s Atari 2600 Sealed Spider-Man sold for a little over $500 of the same grade. And the marketplace just got flooded with them. Yeah, I mean, okay, that makes sense. That happens. So... A 90% decrease in less than a year. <laughs> well, whoever put the second and third one up on the market really screwed up, though. Like, they should have waited. Well, it's not even – it's not the waiting thing. It's just that it's not valuable. What well, people I mean, don't it, understand about retro video games is, like, yes, they're rare in the fact that not all of them survive. It's been decades. But they're a lot more common than people realize. And that this if company you're, if you're putting anything up for if you're putting anything up for auction though, you have to look at recent auctions. You have to like that's just a you just have to, right? And so if the if the first Spider-Man goes for nine grand, I mean that's not a ton of money. And when the second one goes for less than that, if you got the third and the fourth one, you don't put them up, right? But my point being is that these things aren't as rare as people think they are. And so, and the reason this story goes even deeper, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it's like this very elaborate spider web of like <laughs> transactions. Because so one of the so this this grading company refuses to publish population reports. That's that's shady. Has, that's the shadiest part of everything you've said. So has far. no intention of publishing any information on them, and has said and said so directly. Several of their employees and higher members have had their games graded through them and sold from them. Yeah, that's not that's kind of inappropriate. Uh, 
so the 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 really big one that like kind of like very much shows how super shady they are so apparently there was this like massive this guy had like this massive video game collection that was all sealed uh that was all sealed and like he sold it to a person that would then later work at the company all right okay uh, and it was such a big like acquisition. They literally named it the, the grading company named it the I think they called it the Carolina, the Carolina collection because they were they all there was all the same transaction. They're both from Carolina, so it just was funny. Okay. Uh, all of those games winded up, wound up at auction through the one specific auction house. Both of them work for the company. Or the grading company now. Both of the people involved? Yep. <laughs> I mean... Everything that they've done is consistently been like, hey, and then we did this. And every time that anyone says anything about, like, you guys should post population reports, they're like, no. We're not going to do that. Yeah, the population reports is a big deal. For those who don't know... Uh, for example, in comic books, when they grade a comic book, they put it on a list of all the comic books. So at any time on the website, there's an access to a database. Let's say you want to buy the first appearance of Wolverine, which is Incredible Hulk 181. You could look up Incredible Hulk 181, and they would show you how many 8.8s there are in the, in, in the country, how many 8.7s there are that they've graded. So you know the rarity of something you're buying. Um, you know that, you know, very low-graded. There are probably tens of thousands of low-graded copies of the first appearance of Wolverine. As far as high-graded copies, there's probably very few of them. So they're probably worth, you know, five figures, high four, low five figures, maybe. Um, Right, and that's like the first appearance of these characters, and you know, basically, it's a scale of how how rare something is. Right, and so you can kind of get an idea for it based on that. The population so, lists are very important to helping to determine the the value and the rarity of something, because ultimately, the reason these things are expensive is their rarity. Right, and so the the big one, other big like example of this relationship being super sketch. Is that the guy that runs this auction house, uh, maybe not single-handedly, but definitely played a major role in the coin bubble that happened in the 80s, the rare coin exchange? So, he's got a history of doing this kind of stuff. Right, of, hey, this thing looks cool and now we can grade it. I'm going to get someone to say how we can grade these things and rate how rare they are. Because the way he graded coins was, oh, I'm going to, you know, there was like a rarity scale that he would use. And it turned out to not be true. He was rating coins way rarer than they truly are. So people put a ton of value on them and basically caused this massive bubble that burst and people lost millions of dollars. Um, I remember watching a Netflix documentary about a particular artist who... His style is so, like, I don't remember who it was, but this one guy started, uh, he was a modern artist, so it'd be weird stuff like two pieces of color on one on one canvas, and that's the whole piece, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the weird modern art type stuff. And this one guy started to become an expert in him, and he became like the authenticator of what was real and not real of him. He built an art book. He built, like, the art book about him. And then all of a sudden him and his like team started selling rare pieces from him. And then it started coming out more and more and more that the pieces were fake. Uh, and eventually he did a lot of private sales of them. Mm. And uh, it all kind of spiraled out of control. And some of the people got their money back. Some of the people didn't. He still contends that as far as he knows, they're real. Other people have also verified that they're real. Other people have verified they're fake. Uh, it's just this huge hole 
thing, and they can't get on the same page about it. Like even in the art book now that this uh, for this particular artist, there are still pictures that some people say in the art book aren't his that mm-hmm. are that are fakes that he's credited for. Right. It's so weird, man. And it's and it's those like those like private sales and like those auctions. Um, I think it's PWCC, the the sports card guys. Uh, they recently got kicked off eBay for shield bidding. I, I don't. Mm, yeah. I, you can't. There's just certain things you have to have integrity when you when you do. It's just there's just are there's certain things you're not supposed to mess with, and auctions are one of those things. Like shield bidding is, it's crazy to me that someone thinks it's a good idea at this point. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like if you if you think about it, like moving something up one or two percent. Like in the long run is a massive deal, right? Oh, for sure. Like even like even if they can fudge their numbers just a tiny bit, just a little bit, like it's a huge deal. Well, that's just fraud, first of all. Like like any pre auction manufacturing you do to increase the value is fraud. That's a felony. But I'm talking about during the actual auction, when you know there are other bidders on either side of you, and you just right, yeah, it's people, it's people, to... it's people taking advantage of of you know the fervor. I'm I'm here. I'm, I really want to buy this thing. And there's a guy in the crowd that works for the company going, you know, 500. Yeah, I'll do 500. Yeah, I'll do six. Yeah, I'll do seven. Right. And you're like, I'm going to have to spend 900 for this thing. And he's like, no, I'll do a thousand. You're like, oh, my gosh. Because when it sells for 1100, 500 over what you wanted to spend on it, you're the one left holding the bag. They get all the money that you're sitting there. It's like, yeah, you got what you wanted, but we're taking you for the ride for it. Right, exactly, and that's sort of the that's the mess of it all, really. Um, and it become like, I oh, man, it's hard to. I don't know, man, because really, like it, really, it's people that fall victim to it. That it's really the ones that are just they're just absolutely hosed, right? Yeah, it, and and they're and they're massively exposed to just these opportunities for fraud. Yeah, because unless unless you can, unless you can absolutely prove it, it's it's near impossible, right? Well, and just also you're really taking a lot of people's word for it, and like unless you know all the ins and outs of whatever company it is, mm-hmm. it's all reputation based, right? And so you start to figure out like, like in that art one, in that art documentary, like everything's just based on reputation, and so it's all. It can all be fudged. Like none of it has to be based on anything real, just on people's perception. But that's a really scary thought when you talk about millions of dollars. I mean, yeah, especially um, especially with like that. Have you have you heard about this? This is something I thought was really interesting that like existed, like has come up in the past like couple of years. Is uh, so you know how like stocks work? They're like supposed to be like a part of a company right right you own a percentage of this thing you talk about are you about to talk about uh, where you can buy a part of something that's going to be auctioned later yeah yeah um actually it, one of the first ones they did was a comic book yeah it was of like an asset or something or not like an asset but like a collectible yeah it was a collectible comic book and they were like they they were selling shares of it um and then they cap it it's like 10,000 shares or whatever and then they let those people vote. As a matter of fact, one of them owned a copy of Super Mario Brothers. It's either one or three that was sealed, and they turned down an offer for half a million dollars or something like that. Yeah. So, um, also, like, the record-breaking sales for video games have, like, jumped up by, like, an insane amount. And, like, I think 2018 or something like that, it was, like, sealed Super Mario Bros. is, like, $30,000. And then, like, less than two, less than three years later, it sells the exact same game for two, two million. Like, yeah, things start like, looking real sketchy real fast. Well, and that's what it was, too. Is it was something like that. It was like the offer was for like 300,000 or something like that. Uh, but they, the last couple that had gone at auction were all well over that. And so they were like, uh, it feels like not a strong, strong enough offer for our item. So we're going to hold on to it. 
But like they just reported all the information and they let the the shareholders vote on whether or not to, you know. But that's how they put together the money to buy it in the first place too. Which is like the weirdest. Like, no, here's what happens. Like, it's an attraction for poor people, but this is how rich people. It's a hobby for them, right? Well, now the poor people want to play too, and so they can buy shares of it. But they can't buy the whole thing, but they can buy shares of it. Um, it's just it's just a way to occupy us with. It's like the Robin Hood app. Like it's it's just it's just gambling. It's gambling. It's 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 short term gambling, and more than anything, it's for entertainment purposes. Because the second anyone actually starts to make some real money doing it, they'll they'll step in and shut it down again. Just a, it's just a really weird sketch market. Oh, and it's for so, sure. It, and but, it's so funny because whole... it's like it's like slowly sleeped and like affected everything. But that's because it's it's really it's not it's not video games that's the shady market. It's no, auction. it's not video games. It's it's every it's market. It's auctioning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's auctioning it's... and it's the verifying people. They're they're all in it together. The auction houses. Like I'm saying, like the auction houses are all based on the credibility that they've uh, cultured, you know, as a reputation. So anytime something comes up that's weird or bizarre, a lot of times the auction house is the first one to step out and they'll be like, oh, we didn't have anything to do with it. And we had this authenticated by like four people. So it's on y'all. Like, yeah. And also, I didn't realize that grading things could be such a lucrative business as well. Uh, incredibly lucrative and zero uh, really it looks like zero integrity there's like three combo companies now that do it and it just it kind of there's a lot of questioning going on right now in the in the comic book industry about the grading stuff right it's because like so if you don't know how like the then this is not every grading company not every grading company does this but most of the time things are how much you pay to grade something is entirely dependent on how how much it's valued at. Oh no! So like in comic book, well, and that might be that might you might be right, but it's not supposed to be that way. What? But you can pay different amounts. The more you pay, the faster you're supposed to get it back. But even that feels inappropriate if it's based on integrity. Right. Yeah. So the way the way Wada does it is, it can be upwards of like five percent of like how much it's valued at. So this means that if you're, you know, grading a, a Super Mario Bros that just sold anonymously for $2 million, you want to grade your sealed Super Mario Bros because you want to make $2 million. Well, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah, they only made themselves more money by, by grading the last one so high. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think that's 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 part of the part that opens it up to fraud is like, oh, we're just here to grade them, but uh, our cost does go up based on the value of the object. That makes no sense. It should be a flat fee or nothing at all, because right. otherwise, otherwise it implies the sliding scale. And once you get a sliding scale, you have no integrity on the situation. Precisely. And it's funny because they've only just appeared within the past. I think I think they they were found in like 2018 or something like that. So they're super young comparatively. Because uh, there's another company called uh, VGA, which is the Video Game Authority, and they've been grading games since like 2008 or something like that. Well, you got to remember, uh, and we'll we'll jump out after this. Uh, you got to remember, uh, one of the biggest accomplices in the uh, housing market crash, when grading the stock bubbles and all that, was the uh, was the were the were the grading companies, the evaluators. They were all owned by the banks as well, so they couldn't afford uh, – they needed the access provided by the banks to do their job, so they couldn't afford to alienate the banks by lowering the grades on the bonds that they could plainly see were lowering in value. It's all sketchy. It's all circular, and that's the scary part about all this is it's all – that's what I mean when I say it's reputation-based. Like If you don't know – What's going on behind the scenes? You can't, and you just take them at the word. You're doomed to fail. Right. Uh, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back. We got just a little bit left. The adventure begins. Comics, games, and more is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun 
nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations. And as always, check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing today, make sure to follow the podcast, which will drop this afternoon. You can check us out on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, pretty much anywhere and everywhere the good stuff happens. Um, so this weekend was also Gamescom. Was yeah, like there's big game pretty- convention. A lot of uh, announcements were made over the weekend. You haven't really had time to go through them all yet, so there's going to be kind of all week you'll see. YouTube videos hitting the internet and things of that nature of people kind of combing through and finding the stuff they're excited about. But one game I do want to touch on today is Fire Axis. Uh, Firaxis, I guess is what they're actually called, if I'm going to say it right. Um, they're the company behind games like XCOM, the turn-based uh, Space Marines versus Aliens uh, game. It's super fun. I play it. I'm addicted to it. It's a great game on the PlayStation Xbox, everywhere else, XCOM 1 and 2. Um, they are about to release, it looks like a Marvel turn-based combat game um, called Midnight Suns. And it looks yeah. like it's featuring basically the Marvel heavy hitters. Captain America, Doctor Strange, Wolverine, Blade, Ghost Rider, Captain Marvel. Um, it looks like... It looks like um, it's the Robbie Reyes one. It's the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. There was like one or two of the characters on there that I saw that I recognized. Like, there's a it's a good amount of basically modern Marvel characters, um, and it's based. You're going to be leading this team of Marvel superheroes through tactical turn-based combat to get uh, against the demon mother Lilith. Um, if you I'm super excited for this game for one big, 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 big reason. And it's that Firaxis makes really exciting games. If you haven't played XCOM or XCOM 2, you should definitely check them out. XCOM at this point, if you were getting it on Xbox or PlayStation, is probably like five bucks. And on Steam too. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's an older game, but it's still really good. The, the, it's really cool. The gameplay is really exciting. But even though it's turn-based, what happens is the environments are all so, like, okay, um, let's say, so in XCOM 2, the premise of the game is aliens invaded Earth in XCOM 1. At the end of the game, you thought you won. Well, in XCOM 2, it turns out you actually lost. The aliens have now controlled the Earth for 20 years, and you're now leading the resistance. Um, so on one of the missions, you find out there's, like, a field general that's going to be op- out in the open, and you have a shot at assassinating him. So you send your little squad out of four or five guys, and you're walking around basically like, three or four city blocks trying to find the guy. But you're sneaking around trying to be stealthy because you don't want to get spotted. If you get spotted, uh, backup's going to come to protect him, but also he's going to make his way to his evac point, and literally he'll fly away before you get to him. So there's kind of an element of like tension and sort of pseudo-realism to it. But when you're in the environment, you can you know uh, take a ladder up the side of the house all the way up to the rooftop. So now your sniper can see over the whole, like a large portion of the map. Um and if the bad guys are in the open, the sniper can see him and take shots at him. Uh, but let's say somebody throws a grenade at the sniper. Well, the roof will catch fire, and as it burns, it will literally give support and fall down. And then your guy will fall into a fire and take burning damage, take falling damage. Like, the houses can just be obliterated and destroyed by the battle that's going on. It's it's really, it's, it's really this was in XCOM 2, which at this point is like four or five years old. So I'm excited they're going to do with superheroes and even more super powered combat in these environments um because basically in the game you wind up like one of them i was uh, these guys were chasing some of my guys as i was trying to get off the map and it's like we're winding up like doing this running shootout through houses and buildings and factories and stuff 
as I'm trying to get to my, my evac point. Um, and so like, it, it just creates kind of this fun, exciting uh, atmosphere to the game. And now they're going to throw in superheroes to it. So like, can't tell me that's not exciting. Yeah. That, that was one of the reveals that I was like, that's really cool. Cause really like, you like, they can do so much with like Marvel characters. It's just going to be super sweet. Oh, I'm I'm very stoked for it. I'm super super stoked for it. Um, but then there's also there's gonna be other announcements coming out over the next, like I said, this week because everybody kind of finds things they get excited about. Um, but also like, you know what weirds me out? So this is Gamescom. We're in 2021. We got four months left of the year. The PlayStation Five still has not sat on a shelf in any retail show- stores. Yeah. That blows my mind. Can't it's been out two years. Can't can't get them out fast enough. But two years you can't get them out fast enough? That's that's unheard of to me. Yeah, but I mean like you really want to be big box releasing stuff like pandemic has slowed everything to a crawl. I'm sure that this is the biggest monkey wrench in everyone's plans. <laughs> Yes, no, the, for sure, but also the and it's not like these things have all of a sudden resolved. Shelves, though. That's mean, the thing to me. It wasn't on the shelves before the pandemic either. But I mean, it wasn't out before the pandemic. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. The PlayStation Five didn't come out in 2020, man. I'm almost positive it did. Really? I'm pretty sure the release date for that is November of 2019. I'm looking it up as we speak. Release date. November 2019. Oh, really? And people were kind of like, okay, well, I don't expect to be able to get it on the shelf at Christmas. Like, that was kind of a reasonable thing. But they really thought by, like, February... No, November 2020. No. Yes. Release date, November 2020. I knew it. I was like, this thing didn't come out in 2019. But, uh, it came out in the middle of the pandemic. It's August of 2021. It hasn't even been a full year yet. I thought it would have been longer than that. It still weirds me out, though. It still weirds me out that it's been this long, and it won't be on shelves. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. No, it has to be longer than that. No, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That that blows my mind. I thought I'd been longer than that, but I just still think it needs to be on the shelves. Like it just it feels weird that it's not. Also, I, mean, yeah. I have a complaint for the universe. What was that? So, Apple cords uh, for the iPhones. I'm pretty sure they break intentionally. Okay, I get oh, it. Yeah, planned obsolescence. I get it's it. Well, well, that's the that's the phone itself. I'm talking about the little charging cord. Yeah. Very quickly, the little rubber right at the joint is gone, and all of a sudden you can see exposed wiring. And you're like, "Is this good?" It's um, the style, Corey. It's the aesthetics. So mine's finally started to die, and I'm not one of those people who's going to waste 20 minutes trying to charge it. Like, if I plug it in and it doesn't charge, okay, I guess it's time for a new one. So I went to the corner store, bought a new one right before our trip to uh, to Dallas. Because I, I was going to need one for Dallas. Um, well, then, this weekend, that one stopped working. Uh, get destroyed, I guess. It's been a month, and that one's already all of a sudden. Like, the last couple days I had to hold my mouth weird and set it right. You know what I mean? Like It's because you got to jank a gas station one. You got to you gotta go into the Walmart and buy the, the $8 cord. <laughs> So that's what I finally did. I finally broke down and went to Walmart. I bought the $13 cord that comes with a lifetime warranty. And so help me, Lord, I will be holding them to this lifetime warranty. I'm never buying another cord again for this phone. But this thing, this thing feels like stiff. Like it's like rubber. Like it's like thick. So I actually do believe that they mean it when they say this one's supposed to last. But... It didn't even last a month. The janky gas station one literally didn't last a month. 
It's because that, that dude does things are designed to break because they're literally like they're for like it's like emergency use only. Like, like you're on the road <laughs> and your phone is dying. Yeah. Well, I guess they got me through the times, the, but I, I it was officially annoyed by that. I mean, yeah. Look, technology sucks. Things that want to be, oh look, look at us, we're so cool. We don't put headphone jacks in our things anymore. <laughs> uh, I was just, I was like, what? what is happening here? Very annoyed. Very, Very annoyed. Very terrible. Um, but yeah, had to go get one of those. Although I did, while I was there, I did get the auxiliary cord one that goes directly from the phone to auxiliary cord. There you go. So at least I solved one problem in my life. Those things are even, I think, more obnoxious, but it's fine. Well, I bought the Walmart brand, so rest assured they will be replacing that for life, too. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going back and going, look, it broke again, man. It's not making terrible products. <laughs> it's not my fault. All you make is garbage. I got my landfill cables ready. <laughs> um... Um, how about you time? I think we got to be up against it here, right? Yeah, we're just about. All right. Um, just about or up against it? Like, do I need to um, wrap it up or are we doing Yeah, we're going to need to wrap it up. Okay. Just about is not a measurement. That's true. <laughs> All right. On behalf of little brother Nico and myself and the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more, uh, which has events going on all week that people need to be checking out. Um... I do want to thank everybody for listening and hanging out with us and having a great day and a great time. Um, As always, though, stay safe. Take care of yourself. Uh, Get the vaccinations. I just read a headline that really broke my heart. A U.S. veteran. Let's all put on our Patriot flags. Everyone cares about U.S. veterans. A U.S. veteran died in the hallway of a hospital with a treatable illness because they could not find a bed to get him in to get working on him. So let's let's try caring just a little bit more. What do you say, guys? Uh, let's get the shots. Let's get stuff going. Let's get taken care of. Um, we'll be back on Thursday at 2 p.m. This is Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Nerd Thug Radio.